Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live you can also send your questions to Facebook or Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle that is at SWAT Radio Talk. Today's Tuesday. We are officially a week out from the uh, election. One week from today, yeah. November 3rd. I, I'm, I believe everybody probably is ready for it to be over, don't yeah. you think? But do you think it will really be over, Taylor? No. no. On November 3rd? I don't. Do you think it'll be over November 4th? Nope. <laughs> I, I, they're still fighting battles right now for ballots to be counted as late as nine or 10 days after the election. Yeah. It's going to be probably one of the craziest elections I think we've ever seen yeah. as far as counting stuff. Um, you know, um, I love it, it. It's something I want to encourage you as uh, believers who are listening out there. If you're a believer, you have a responsibility, um, to be salt and light. And next week you get an opportunity to do that. And as uh, Dr. Wayne Grudem said, exercise a little piece of uh, authority in our uh, country by voting. Uh, we are a democratic Republic. We're not a dem- democratic run country. We're a democratic Republic it means a representative form of government. Mm-hmm. And so we are voting for a president and congressmen and senators and you know other offices locally and uh it matters when you go out to vote uh i'll remind you back in 2000 there were just 500 votes in the state of florida that made a difference and we are being bombarded i was sharing with taylor uh, by the way if you're just tuning in this is swat radio swat stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth and we advance the truth of god's word the truth about jesus and that we take the first segment to talk about the practical and relevant application of God's word. And we, we look at things going on in our culture, uh, things that are happening, obviously the election being very big. Um, and I got a thing in the mail today uh, from the Center for Voter Information. And I just want people to know, if you're listening in the Jacksonville St. Augustine area, uh, Georgia, or up in Virginia, or up in Mississippi, if you get something from the Center for Voter Information, you need to know that this is a democratically run organization that is acting under the guise of trying to be bipartisan. They say that, but then the information they give you is not. It, It is clearly uh, democratic and when they put it out and i just uh, picked up an article where people in florida election supervisors in the state of florida have told them to stop sending these things out because it confuses people because you open it up you think it is some kind of government thing to help you understand about the election mm-hmm. and they 
it, it's just clearly not. It's very partisan, and it's just very, uh, you know, it's very uh, confusing because you open it up and you think, okay, this is going to help me. And if you don't pay attention to sources, the source for the, all the answers they give for Joe Biden come from his website. Mm-hmm. The source for Donald Trump comes from Reuters, some source marketplace. I don't even know what that mm-hmm. is. And, and not his website. So I don't understand the disparity there, but it is clearly a partisan uh, email sent to garner a vote. Mm-hmm. And and it's really not where fairly disclosed. So it's called the Center for Voter Information. I just want to make that clear. This is not a it is a Democratic voter guide, basically. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Florida Council, uh, uh, who has done several voter guides you know, here in the state of Florida, uh, they we've we've had Bennett Brown on here. He's on their board for the Florida Family Action. Uh, that group, all their voter guides make it clear we we are endorsing these people or we are suggesting these based on our Christian values and what we believe uh, are the best candidates. But it's clearly a voter guide. Yeah, they're not trying to say, hey, we're just helping you learn about the candidates and do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's clearly from a different, I mean, they're, they're identifying that it's got partisan, you know, backing to it. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to let people know about that. That's, uh, that's, it was just kind of frustrating to me to see that. And it's to me, my mother-in-law, my wife, every voter in yeah. our household got one of those things. So, and yeah, I mean, it's uh, to me, it's not too surprising that that happened. But yeah, that that looks really official. Well, uh, you saw it. Yeah. I brought it in for you to look at it. It looks like something the government sent yeah. to help you think about how to vote. Yeah, or just like trying to give you general mm-hmm. ideas about it. And it's not. It's very specific and targeted. But and then only uh, on three issues too. That's, <laughs> I know that was interesting. Well, um, you know, yesterday day last night was a big night um judge barrett got confirmed to Mm -hmm. the supreme court and for the first time in a very 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 long time there is a conservative originalist um leaning leaning i mean judge judge i mean judges Mm -hmm. now you've got um you've got um you know clarence thomas Mm -hmm. alito barrett and you know um the other three kind of are um not quite as uh kavanaugh strong. but kavanaugh and gorsuch i mean they're they're fairly strong I oh mean, they're conservative yeah, yeah, i they're, just meant as far as constitutional it, 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 yeah, they don't yeah, have but, the but same she, credentials but, but she is strong but man if you would have read social media yesterday about her it was pretty bad i mean people were d- dissing her talking about her lack of credentials and if you listen, uh, they obviously didn't hear her speech of what she said last night, because what she said was, as a jurist, I don't get to impose my policy yeah. on the law. I'll, it's my job to interpret as based on the original written document, the Constitution. And so, and, and I heard everybody writing, well, if, if she went originally, she wouldn't even be allowed to vote because women weren't allowed to vote back then. And that's ridiculous. That's not what she's talking about. She's talking about the document that has garnered and led this country for over 200 years and making sure that it stays in place. And there is a clear threat 
for that to go away because the the judiciary was never meant to be activists. They were never meant to be a an arm of the Congress. They mm-hmm. Congress passes laws. If you want a good law, you pass a good law. If your law can't stand up to the constitutional rigors of of a debate and and kind of comparison to what the Constitution says, then you've got to rewrite the law. Mm-hmm. I mean, but but now. It, it's just it's frustrating to read all that stuff. But as believers, we, I think, can celebrate that we have a uh, a person that will look at former past precedents that were more judicial activist motivated than uh, literalist motivated from the Constitution. And I think hopefully we'll see things going forward that will will be more, I think, more pro-Christian certainly, mm-hmm. and, and pro-life and, and pro-family values because that's the what the founders kind of put in place. Yeah, You know, I'm sorry, that's what they put in place here. If, if that's not what you want, you can go to another country. Yeah. Why don't you go try living in India for a little while or China or North Korea? I mean, this is a great country. I don't know why people are so down on America. America still has... Thousands of people pouring in here because there's no place like it in the world mm-hmm. with our system of government to provide checks and balances. And we're in danger of that going. So I think it's really important if you're listening as believers, go out and vote. You know, remember, you're not voting for a Sunday school teacher. You're not even voting for a neighbor. It's like what Al Mohler said. Yeah. You're voting for the president. And as somebody who should care about the way our government is going to legislate uh, any any government that wants to legis- legislate immorality, if you have a choice, you should vote against that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should. There is very clear immoral things that are legislated by one platform versus yep. another. And I think as believers... We have to weigh those things. So. Yeah, and as uh, Americans as well, because like you were talking about the Founding Fathers, the way that they envisioned um, the Constitution and our government being applied was to a moral people, and that liberty was not something that could be handled by anyone other than uh, a moral people. And as a culture, we've kind of lost our way uh, when it comes to morality. And so if we're voting in uh, you know, people who are anti, you know, against morality, we're going to keep spiraling further down uh that path and if we can you know vote vote people in that will hold to morality at least a little bit hopefully that'll give us some time to um imbibe uh give the next generation a feeling of morals and uh, an understanding of where the country uh was founded and where we should be going yeah i agree with you all right we will be back with more after the break We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trekking and Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle that is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You're listening to SWAT Radio. We will be right back after the break. Uh, Stay tuned. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I'll never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me That is Freedom Hymn by Austin French. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we uh, take the first segment of each uh, program to talk about the news of the day. And so that's what we were doing uh, before the break. And we're going to finish up with that before we move on to talking about Hebrews chapter 12. Yeah, I just I wanted to comment. We had Al Moeller on last week who has been a very well-read um uh, not only theologian he leads a seminary up in louisville and he he's very good at speaking to political issues he just wrote a book called culture the the gathering storm and he you know he just came out and said he did not vote for donald trump in 2016 he said i was repulsed by his character and um i i just didn't he made promises but he had no track record and i didn't vote for him well, he said, I did make a note of his pro-life promises, uh, especially in reference to the federal courts. And he says, as a conservative believer, I've lived through decades of frustration and heartbreak as the nation's highest court transformed itself into a super legislature inventing newly declared rights at the expense of human dignity and ordered liberty. But he really doubted if Trump would stand by those promises. And he said he did. It's the oddest thing. He says, the candidate who had been pro-abortion changed and became pro-life. He says, I can't read Donald Trump's heart on the issue, but I can read the actions. And he says, in terms of his actions, President Trump has been the most effective and consequential pro-life president of the modern age. 
in executive action and his court appointments, he's gone far beyond what would have been politically necessary to secure his base. He has staked his place in history. He's defied the accommodationist temptation, which we see a lot up there. And he said, I am going to vote for Donald Trump in 2020. Uh, in fact, I already have, and I hope that he and not Joe Biden will be elected president, he says. And he says, consider the fact that a Biden-Harris administration would be the most pro-abortion political force in the history of our country. Mm-hmm. Biden, who once bragged of supporting the Hyde Amendment for decades, abandoned it in haste earlier this year when required to gain the nomination. He had to. Hardly a profiling courage. Biden has tried for decades to follow in the lines line of Mario Cuomo, Ted Kennedy, and other Catholic Democrats who claim to be opposed to abortion but unwilling to enforce their views on the nation. But this is a pathetic evasion. Listen now to the major Democrats, and you find virtually not one who will speak of abortion, which is the tragic. The, the strategic destruction of unborn life as a moral evil. The Democratic Party and platform is now so pro-abortion, and yes, that is the right term, that it has declared opposition to any restrictions and demands uh, taxpayer funding for such abortions. Led by Democratic governors in states like New York and Chicago, they've adopted new abortion legislation and the mainstream media run cover for them with fact checkers. They claim that they do not support it, and it's just not true. So he goes through and, and, and says this, and he says this is going to be a significant election for us as believers, and we are going to see significant consequences as a church, as a group of believers, if Biden and Harris get elected, their platform is going to be the most um, pro-abortion anti-family administration that this country has ever seen so you know um it may happen because god ultimately on november 4th 5th 6th whenever it is is going to allow that person to be there but my prayers are that it'll be president trump and that he will continue to stand for pro-life he will continue to stand for family values and and help christians be able to do what they want to do you know you sent me an article yesterday taylor uh i think it was yesterday about uh, john MacArthur on oh, mm-hmm. the preaching of the word and how churches across this country even one large well-known pastor in the southeast said we don't need to say the bible says anymore mm. because it's irrelevant for people they don't care what the bible says and so um I remember learning from Billy Graham years ago when I took a training course uh, from Wheaton that he kind of, he did, it was a virtual course, but he still, it was his, you know, kind of teaching mm-hmm. and stuff. He does everything with the Bible says. Why? Because that's our authority. doesn't matter what Taylor says or what Doug says. It's what the Bible says. Yeah. And what we put out there is the most important thing. The Bible is very clear about homosexuality. It's very clear about the sanctity of life, uh, how people in the Old Testament used to sacrifice their children to idols, Mm -hmm. and that's all abortion is, is sacrificing children to the idols of your own comfort. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because every time you just had a baby, and every time 
a baby's born, it's a miracle. Mm-hmm. You witnessed it firsthand. Yeah. And until uh, sonograms came into play, those uh, th- those abortions, most people didn't even bat an eye. But now, because of uh, crisis pregnancy centers and other uh, those other centers out there, people see the baby on a sonogram and they choose not to abort it. But tragically, still over a thousand black babies are aborted every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and so, and the lady who founded Planned Parenthood, yeah, well, she was a racist. She was a racist. Mm-hmm. With that in mind. Yeah. And so I I just don't understand why that is not brought out more. I mean, I know why Mm -hmm. in a general sense, but, but that's a terrible tragedy. And, and you see all these people rationalizing it with different things and it's an awful thing. And so my prayer is that the believers will make their voice known. And then we trust God with the process Obviously, our hope is not in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. It's in Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, and it's in God the Father and what he's going to do and the Holy Spirit who's going to lead us. But but we do have responsibilities here on earth, Yeah, and we are to be stewards, stewards not only of our time and our money, but stewards uh, uh, with this gift of freedom that have been bought with friends of mine who laid down their life for this country and others throughout history so that we have a freedom and hopefully after the election we'll be able to come together as as people as a country and say okay whoever's elected this is now our president and as believers we will do the best we can to put god on display in our world yeah. you know and you know as you bring up margaret sanger and how most people don't have a clue about that and uh Part of that, I feel like, is because the church has abandoned talking about uh, social issues, which, uh, you know, or social and political issues, which is sad because if you look at, like I've talked about before, the American Revolution and the black uh, robed regiment, I don't know if you've heard about that, but that's uh, what the British uh, said was the reason that uh, the American Revolution became what it was, and that was because in the pulpit, the churches, the pastors, they were talking about uh, liberty and the way government should be run and all from a biblical perspective. And we don't really get that much anymore. We get, you know, uh, pastors say, well, let's not talk about the Bible. Let's uh, make it look like a TED talk with a concert uh, involved for Sunday service instead of really digging into what the word has to say. And if we don't get back to uh, biblical preaching and really looking at the Bible and having it guide our lives and our choices, we're going to keep down this road towards amorality. Well, here, here's the thing, you know, Christian fellowship, and this is a Christian program. Mm-hmm. We're on a, the truth network. We, we stand for truth and, you know, Christian fellowship means you have shared passion for the gospel, uh, a shared commitment to doing ministry together, serving our community. Uh, We have shared convictions about marriage from a biblical standpoint, shared uh, convictions about the sanctity of human life, shared convictions um, about being made and created male and female. And and so if, if you vote 
Democrat. I don't know of any church that's going to exercise church discipline on you. One, because they're not going to know. Even if you tell them, they're not going to do that. I mean, but but the bottom line is, as we go into that election booth, we have to give an account to God of why we did what we did. Mm-hmm. And if we are best representing him, you see, we don't even represent our own beliefs. We go in there and think, uh, hopefully we're going in there representing what we think God would want yeah. for our country to make a good thing for our country. And as long as you do that, we we can have very clear differences of opinion and mm-hmm. we can love each other. But uh, I truly believe, along with Al Mohler, that this election, uh, not just of the presidency, but the Senate, the Congress, and all those offices, that our country is is going to go and wonder we're at a crossroads. I thought mm-hmm. we were at a crossroads at 16. I think we're at a greater crossroads now. And um, whether it's a Trump administration or a Biden-Harris administration, and I say Biden-Harris because I told you, I don't think he'll live through a year mm-hmm. or make it through a year. As uh, I mean, he, he was struggling yesterday. I watched an interview of him walking through a park and his handlers, the people that were around him, would not even let him answer questions. Mm. He tried, and it, he was getting jumbled up, and so they said, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. That concerns me. Now, Harris is obviously articulate and and capable, but there are real serious questions about Biden's ability to really respond. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, of course, there's partisan claims that he's a puppet and all this. It, he just has very real issues of uh, of sharpness, mental acuity, and stuff that I think they're a real issue. Mm-hmm. And again, we're not voting for a man. We're voting for a platform. So as we go into that voting booth, um, we are accountable to make those convictions of why we're voting for who we're voting for clear, and we're going to have to give an account to God for it. So. Yeah, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, excuse me, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you listening here locally at 91.7, 91.9, and 91.3. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Even If by Mercy Me. Uh, if you were just joining us before the break, we were talking about the news of the day. Um, and we are going to be getting into Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 17, um, in which we've been going through Hebrews. Doug's been outlining that for like a, uh, a over year. year. Yeah, yeah, a yeah year. we've been going through yeah over a year at SWAT. And uh, we're finishing up chapter 12 this week at SWAT. By the way... If you want to join us out at the beach, uh, we meet at Woody's Barbecue on Solano Road at 6.30 a.m. We meet in uh, uh, the Salem Center at 7235 Bonneville Road. That's 7235 B-O-N-N-E-V-A-L Road in the Salem Center for lunch uh, tomorrow from 12 to 1. We'll be having some Jersey Mike subs here. Nice. And then um, we'll meet... um, on Thursday morning at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food on San Jose Boulevard. Then we do a Zoom call on Thursday night from 7 to 8, and then Friday morning at the Village Inn down in St. Augustine. And um, I would love for you to join us. Uh, we, Like I said, we're going to finish up Chapter 12 this week. And right now we're in the middle of Chapter 12, and we started it yesterday, and the whole idea of this first section that we've looked at verses 5 through 11 is on discipline the word discipline is used 10 times it's the greek word padea padea and it means instructing children and we were talking yesterday about in in the faith race that we run you know our faith race as believers starts when we're born again when we come to faith in christ and it's a, like a marathon or a triathlon. I mm-hmm. mean, this is not a little, you know, 1K or 3K, 5K, 10K. This is a big race. I mean, it's the faith race through life. And it, we he started off in verse 5 giving some cautions. He says, don't regard lightly the Lord's discipline. And he says, don't let, let it cause you to faint. And he quotes from Proverbs 3, 11, and 12. And verses 7 through 9 he gives this uh, picture of a father disciplining their child, and he says they do that out of love. God doesn't punish us as believers. He disciplines us. If you are a believer, you are not punished even when you sin because Jesus took your punishment payment when he died on the cross. So God disciplines us, and we started yesterday um, by looking at Three reasons for discipline. One is correction, and we focused pretty much on correction yesterday. Uh, like a, a parent correcting their child, you want it to transform your child, and God wants discipline to transform us. And I just want to make this observation that he's telling them about discipline because they're suffering, mm-hmm. and he's equating suffering to discipline. And a lot of times in the Christian life, People say, well, Satan's attacking me. Well, that's true. He may be, but it may be God's discipline in your life. Even if Satan's doing it, God's allowing it. Everything has to go through God's hands. Satan is not omnipresent. He's not um, omniscient where he knows everything. 
But God's ultimately in control, and he allows suffering to come into our life. And Peter, 1 Peter 5.10 says, after you've suffered a little while, then you're going to be strengthened by God. You'll be able to, you'll, you'll grow. And so we looked at uh, that first reason, correction. The second reason is protection. And I'm going to have Taylor read the text again. Read 5 through 11 today. We're just going to look at those verses. And then tomorrow we'll, we're going to pick up 12 through 17. All right. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the, of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? And live. Yeah, and live. For they discipline us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So what's the purpose of discipline? The last word said it. The last word you read said it. Those who have been trained by it. Mm -hmm. It trains us. It helps get us through the faith race. And the suffering makes you stronger. I said yesterday, the problem with the American church is we're a quarter inch deep and uh, five miles wide. That article you, you sent me by John MacArthur We've got multiple churches throughout the United States, 20-plus thousand people. Mm -hmm. And many of those people have never told one person about Jesus. Mm -hmm. They've never put God on display to Jesus. They go to church, they get entertained, and they go home. Mm -hmm. And for them, that's the Christian faith race. That is not the faith race these people are living out. These people are being persecuted. These people are being being, um, persecuted not only from Romans but from their own people. And so in this text that you read we saw yesterday the first reason for discipline is correction it transforms our lives and it strengthens us and uh, the second reason we're going to get into today to begin with is it inhibits our sin it protects us paul in second corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 talks about a thorn and in that text what he says is this he says that Hold on just a second. He said, because I want to just read verse 12. He says, um, I think it's 712. Is that right? Maybe I, maybe, maybe I, I got the wrong. Yes, it's 12. <laughs> I was looking in the wrong. It's 12, 7. So he says, so to keep me from becoming conceited, proud, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations a thorn was given to me in the in the flesh. So what Paul is saying there is, this was a protective measure by God to keep him from becoming prideful. Mm-hmm. What's the greatest sin you can have? Pride. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's a at least all that was Satan's sin. I mean, mm-hmm. he's it's always pride and thinking you know better, you can do it. Um, Paul uh, Saul in the Old Testament, King Saul, that was his sin. Yeah. Instead of being repentant when he was confronted by Samuel, he 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 
said, no, walk with me, Samuel. I got to have you with me so people still think I'm in good with God. It was pride. And so Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians 12 that God gave him this thorn, which was some imagery of pain, suffering, that three times he asked God to take him away. Have you ever asked God to take something away and he didn't? You wanted him to change a situation and he didn't? You're going, come on, God, come on. I'm asking you. And, and, and then you go, God just doesn't hear me. I've actually had people say, I'm giving up on God because I prayed and he hadn't heard my prayer. Mm. And, and so 2 Corinthians 12 is a clear indication by Paul that God sometimes brings discipline, suffering into our life to protect us. And I think of it like this. When I was in Israel, I was talking to a shepherd and a real shepherd. I mean, a shepherd yeah. who has sheep. Yeah. And he's he shared that sometimes when a sheep continually goes astray, they would actually break their legs mm. to keep them from being eaten by a predator. Now, when that shepherd is breaking the leg of the sheep, do you think that sheep is going, man, this guy loves me? <laughs> All they know is that it's painful. Mm-hmm. They can't even see the good that the broken leg is going to do them. They don't see the protection in it. And I think for us, a lot of times when we're going through tough times, we can't see the good that God is using it for. But as his believers, what does Romans 8, 28 say? It says, for those that love Christ, God will take everything that comes against us, every pain, and he will use it for his glory. Now, that's a paraphrase, but that's ultimately what it says for those who what love him and are called according to his purpose. That's what he says. He doesn't say you're never going to suffer. Doesn't say you're not going to have tough times. He says he will take everything and he will use it. And I think of that shepherd breaking that leg of the sheep, what that sheep must be thinking. And so often in the Christian life, when we're running the faith race, we're going through pain. We're not thinking this for our good. Yeah. And, and certainly when our, our dads were spanking us mm-hmm. or our moms were spanking us, giving us the rod, um, we weren't going, man, this is awesome. This is really helping me. We can't see. We, it's, but it's like Matthew McConaughey said in that interview. The short-term pain was far outweighed by the long-term benefit of transformation in my life. Yeah. And, and that's what he's saying. And one other thing about that protective suffering and just suffering in general, over in 2 Corinthians 1, Paul says this, he's talking about the Corinthian church, they were struggling, and he says, listen, he says, God comforts us, he's the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with a comfort in which we ourselves are comforted by God. So that deepens us, that suffering deepens us to then be able to minister to other people. And so when we come back, we're going to look at the last reason for discipline, God's instruction. So correction, protection, and then instruction when we come back. All right. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We will be right back.
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Crowder with all my hope. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are talking about Hebrews chapter 12. Um, we're looking at verses 5 through 17 today or uh, this week. Um, right now we're looking at verses 5 through 11. So if you have any questions, and this has been about discipline, or you have anything that you would like to add to the discussion, please call us at 1 844 777 7928. That's 1 844 777 SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. Hey, um, you know, I, I didn't get, you know, we usually I will break the the Bible teaching down into to ideas or mm-hmm. principles for us to kind of think about. And I forgot to do that last segment. Uh, it says, you know, as we're running our faith race, uh, God calls us to embrace his discipline. And in this case, it's suffering. Now, nobody wants to suffer. Mm-hmm. But if we know that the suffering is producing in us and conforming us to the image of something that's better for us, that we'll endure it. Um, it's like people, like I know somebody right now battling cancer in the hospital and they're going through chemotherapy. That They wouldn't be doing that if yeah. they didn't know that the benefits are going to outweigh them not doing it yeah or like a smaller example uh training you know yeah. like football for, for or football yeah. working out like when yeah. you're doing two a days in the summer i bet you hated that yeah that was brutal yeah you know especially in august or or, or july when you're just dying out there mm-hmm. doing two a days but you know 
It's like I had a coach who say, the harder you train, the easier the game's going to be. Yeah. I mean, because and it's not that the game's easy. What he was saying is that the training is preparing you mm-hmm. to deal with the things you have to deal with in the game. Yep. And so when God calls us to embrace his discipline, he starts off that text in five by saying, have you forgotten this? You know, the writer, have you forgotten? Because the Old Testament is where we get our encouragement by looking at these saints, looking at these people. And this third reason for discipline instruction, uh, probably one of the greatest examples in the Old Testament of suffering by somebody who did not seem to deserve it is Job. Mm. I mean, we all think, why Why is this happening to me, you know, when we go through hard times? And we saw correction being a reason and then protection, but instruction. How about just training us? Yeah, It trains us. That's what the last verse you read in verse 11 says. It trains us. It informs our perspective. Would you say perspective is important? Mm-hmm. I talked to a guy today who's struggling with a family. Uh, by the way, um, just... Um, Go ahead and uh, pray for. We have several SWAT brothers. If you're listening today, um, I, I just uh, want to list up these people that you ask you to pray for. My brother Gil, uh, Harrison, um, pray for Jim, um, one of my board members' uh, sons, and his wife Patty. All of those people have cancer, mm. and they're all battling cancer. And I was talking to one of them's relatives earlier today. And he, he talked to me about perspective, and he actually talked about the election, and he said, you know, I'm a patriot, I believe in our country and all this stuff. But, man, when you have somebody you love going through cancer, you don't really care about that other stuff yeah. right now. It's like it just it, – it, I'm thinking about the gospel. I'm thinking about the hope for my child or my, my wife or my husband, whatever, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And so – it. it Suffering discipline informs our perspective, and we see that very clearly in Job. Some people out there may know the story of Job, but what happens is, just to give you a quick recount, is Job was um, a guy who loved God. He had a family, big family. God had blessed Job, and Satan comes along and says, hey, he just blessed you. I mean, he, he just praises you because you bless him. That's it. I mean, you take your blessings away, he ain't going to praise you anymore. And so God said, okay, go ahead. Take away his blood, take away his family, take away his land, take away his riches, but don't touch him. In other words, don't touch his health. And so Satan wiped out his family. All, ten kids, gone. Mm-hmm. Took away his wealth. And here's what Job said. He said, you know, naked... I came into the world naked. I leave blessed be the name of the Lord. Now I want you to just imagine for a second, you're sitting out there wherever you are, or you're listening to this on a podcast, everything that you love is taken away from you and everything you own is taken away from you. Are you going to still praise God? That's going to be a tough pill to swallow. But Job said, Naked I came into the world, naked I leave, blessed be the name of the Lord. He still praised him. In fact, I think in one passage he says, though he slay me, still I will mm-hmm. praise him. And and so Satan comes back to God, and God says, hey, did you see how, how my servant did? 
And he says, yeah, but if you take away his life or you hurt him, you hurt his body, he'll curse you. And so God says, you can hurt his body, but don't kill him. And, you know, that whole story reminds me of the sovereignty of God. We are immortal till God calls us home. And by the same token, if God wants you to come home, if you're his kid, it don't matter how fit you are. Mm -hmm. It don't matter all the precaution precautions you take. Wow. That was, that was loud. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't matter how many precautions you take. If he takes you, uh, he ready to take you. He's going to take you. But Job had these sores. Satan afflicted him with sores. Then his friends come along. This is in Job, the book of Job. You can read it. It's a great book to read. And his friends were great at first, but then you know what? Then they start going, well, maybe you did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, all this bad stuff just doesn't happen to people unless they really make God mad. Do you ever find yourself feeling that way? Or have you had friends who felt that way? Have you had conversations like that where, man, what did I do? Why is God doing this to me? His friends came along after being silent initially, which was a ministry of presence, which is always a good thing. Mm -hmm. Then they started trying to figure it out. That's where we get messed up because yeah. a lot of times we can't figure out why God does stuff, especially right away. It's later that we, and sometimes we may never figure it out. But here's the thing. In Job 42, go to Job 42, verses 1 through 5, and I want you to listen how Job ended it all. I know we're running out of time. But Job says this. He goes, Talking about God says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. So he's got a good view of God. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Now he's got a good view of himself. He knows he's limited. Mm -hmm. A lot of us overinflate our own knowledge and underinflate God's power. But he he got a he got a good picture here. He goes here, and I will speak. I will question you. You will make it known. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. In other words, Job got a very clear vision of who God was, and he got a very clear vision of who he was in light of who God was. Mm-hmm. And like I said, far too often you and I walk around in the earth with an overinflated view of ourself and an underinflated view of God and his holiness. And so Job repented. He had an informed perspective. So the three reasons for discipline are correction, uh, protection, and instruction. And as we think about that and we think about our own suffering, let's just go out today with this question, how am I responding to God's discipline in my life, like suffering. Am I angry? Do Does it make me run away from God? Because his children should cling tighter to him rather than be repelled by him. Mm-hmm. Because the, re, the very reason the sin is in the world and pain is in the world and suffering is in the world is because Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So, if you're a Democrat, the Republican aren't your enemies. If you're a Republican, the Democrats aren't your enemies. The enemy is Satan himself who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He hates people, and he hates believers even more. 
And he can't steal your salvation, but what he can do is he can hurt your witness. So as we go into this election week now, we need to go in with an informed perspective about who God is and who we are. We need to go into this week with an understanding that sometimes God brings suffering to protect us, to inhibit our sin. And finally, he will correct us with it. He will transform our lives, conform us to the image of Christ, and ultimately strengthen us like he did Peter when he said, Peter, Satan's asked to sift you. When you've been strengthened, go and strengthen your brothers. Ultimately, what we do after we realize that we've been strengthened is we go and we strengthen each other. And we're going to look at that tomorrow because the second thing God calls us to do in this text, uh, verses 12 through 17, is to encourage his disciples. So embrace his discipline and encourage his disciples. And so. Yeah, that's uh, good stuff. I really like, you know, talking about Job. Uh, I used to not really appreciate that story too much. But if you really look at Job at the beginning of. the book he's got a little bit of a health and wealth type uh, mentality when it comes to god that you know his that god blesses those who are righteous and um and that gets tested and then he cries out to god and says hey what's going on and god doesn't answer his question he says i am god and at the end of the book job is blessed but he realizes he loves god for who god is and uh, well, he has a clear vision. Yeah, yeah he, he has knows a clear view. who he is. Yeah. He knows it ain't just about the blessing, that God's in control. Yeah, exactly. And he's not. Yeah. So anyway, I always thought that was pretty no. cool. So you've been listening to SWAT Radio. Um, we are on the air weekdays at 3 o'clock. Um, so tune in then, and we will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirit.